Last week we looked at Galatians 6 and we talked about um, sowing in the spirit. Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So we want to be talking about how we can sow in the Spirit. How do we do that? What does it look like? Um, And basically, basically, sowing in the Spirit is using the spiritual disciplines that the Lord gives us. It sounds nicer to be like, I'm going to sow in the Spirit, then I'm going to go and do a spiritual discipline, doesn't it? So we're learning how to sow in the Spirit, and you can just look at it. These are vehicles for you to know the Lord. That's what it is. Vehicles to know God. Vehicles to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Okay? And also to rule and reign as a son or daughter in this life. So the Lord has given us a variety of ways to know him, ways to draw near to him, and you get to choose how you'll engage. That's on you. He's done everything he needs to do to make a way for you to know God. Can someone say amen? He's made everything he needs to do. So if you're dissatisfied with your walk with the Lord, then it's not on his end. The problem's not with him. The problem's with us, okay? And usually, the problem on our end will be some of these things. Wrong belief. If you have wrong belief, that will put a blockage up to you knowing the Lord. Sometimes unbelief is there, right? Sometimes it's distraction. We are living in the most distracted age in the world, right? Sometimes it's distraction. Sometimes it's laziness. We just don't feel like it. I don't feel like sowing in the spirit right now. I don't feel like it, right? Sometimes it can be due to selfishness. The Lord's actually not really on the throne. You are. Sorry, that's a bit harsh for coming straight out. Hey, sometimes we need some form of deliverance, because it is possible that Christians uh, experience demonic oppression, and sometimes that's required. And if that's you, you don't need to be ashamed about that. Jesus died to set you free. So come talk to us. We are here, because we want to see you free, okay? So if you're experiencing oppression, My encouragement to you is don't let these things hold you back from knowing the Lord. But today I want to talk about a practical way you can sow in the Spirit, and that is by praising the Lord. We're going to talk about the power of praise today. 
And the word praise means adoration, thanksgiving, recognizing the qualities, deeds, and attributes of God. It, it can be done in words or song. All right? God's given you a voice for good reason. Praise the Lord. So why do we praise? I've got four reasons today. There's probably more, but I'll give you four. Number one, it gives God a throne to sit on. Write that down. Gives God a throne to sit on. Psalm 20, 22 verse 3, it says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. When you praise the Lord, it gives him somewhere to sit, somewhere to rest. In the King James Version, it says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. God inhabits the praises of his people. That's where he dwells. Inhabits means dwells. So if you want to have the tangible presence of God, you need to praise him. It's one of the ways, right? We praise him and he's all of a sudden manifest. Praise the Lord. We'll talk. I've got a good um, illustration for that a bit further on. So I'm going to move on. Uh, the second reason that we need to praise is it confuses the devil. Someone say amen. You guys seem to be asleep today. Wake up. We'll read a story in 2 Chronicles 20. Now, a little bit of the backstory here is that um, there was a king. His name was Jehoshaphat. And he had an army and he was leading Israel and there were three armies coming against Israel and he was freaking out. He was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? But like a good king, he went and sought the Lord and he's like, God, what are we going to do? Now there's a, whole, there's a whole lot to pull from this passage, but I'm going to skip past a lot of it for the sake of time, but I'd encourage you to go and read it at home. But we're going to pick up the story in verse 15. So he basically told the people, we're going to seek the Lord. And so they did. And then a prophet rose up and spoke. Listen to what he said. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, let's just stop there. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. Lots of you are fighting battles. And the Lord's saying, actually, the battle isn't yours to fight. I'm going to tell you what to do instead. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position.
nation and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Whoa. Imagine going against three armies and being told, you don't have to fight, you've just got to stand there. Just stand firm and believe in the Lord. Whoa. That'll test your faith, won't it? Right, listen to what Jehoshaphat did. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So imagine the whole of Israel on their face worshipping. And then the priests, what are they doing? They get up and they start praising the Lord. So right there we start to see a clear distinction between worship and praise. They're different, all right? Worship, how, how did they engage their body? I love what you did today, Sarah. How did they engage their body? They were on the ground. It's like a posture of devotion and surrender. It's like, God, you are worthy. It reminds me of like in Revelation where where they're surrounded the throne and they just cast their crowns before the, the throne because he's worthy, right? That's worship. Praise, on the other hand, they weren't on the ground. They stood up and then it was with a very loud voice. God is amazing! Come on, you guys. God is amazing! There's a difference. Right? Worship, devotion. Praise man, it clears the atmosphere. And it needs to be loud. You've got a voice for a reason. The Lord's given you a voice. Use it. Oh. He's worthy, hey. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our bodies moving, our voices being raised. Yes, you can praise him in your heart. Well, I'm just a quiet person. I used to be too, till he got a hold of me. (sighs) I'm just a quiet person. I don't really feel comfortable in yelling and raising my voice. Do you want to shift atmospheres? Do you want to? Well, if you do, you need to learn to praise. You need to learn to raise your voice. Praise the Lord. You know, it's not just, you know, when the worship leader's like, radio, everyone, let's just start thanking the Lord. Let's start raising our voices. When I jump up and I'm like, come on, let's make some noises. Let's pray in the spirit. This is not um, charismatic Pentecostal hype. This is a, 
We sense there's something in the spiritual realm that needs to be shifted in order for people to engage with God in a freer way. Does that make sense? So, when, like when we do that, that's an encourage. I'm not just doing that because that's what we do. I'm doing it because I'm perceiving we need to shift something. And the only way usually that it shifts is when we gather together and together we lift up our voices and exalt Jesus. All right? Just so you know. So don't be quiet. Because we need you to, we need your voice. Okay, let's pick up this story. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went out before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. So he's like, who are the, who are the people who are worshipping and praising? Excellent. You're going first before the army. <laughs> Isn't this insane? It's absolutely insane. But he's like, he's, ha- he's got a revelation from the Lord. You guys go first. And man, it's not complicated. It's simple. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. That's what they're singing. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. simple. If you don't know what to say, say that. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Sometimes there's a reason why we keep singing the same lines over and over again, right? And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. They were the armies coming against them who had come against Judah so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped destroy one another. Isn't this insane? The Lord absolutely confused the enemy, and they, the enemy ended up killing each other. And Israel got to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. They didn't have to fight. Such a crazy story. Do you feel encouraged? Psalm 149, verse 5, it says, Let the godly exult in glory, Are there any godly people here? Yes, praise God. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats with two-edged swords in their hands. 
When there is high praise in your throat, you receive a sword in your hand. If you're facing a battle of any kind in the spirit, if you've got a battle in the natural, it's because there's a battle in the spirit to be won. So if you're facing any battle in the spirit, praise, praise, praise. That's how you're going to get a sword. That's how the devil's going to be confused. Praise. I've got a um, pretty cool testimony here from Reinhard Bonnke. Put your hand up if you've heard of Reinhard Bonnke. He's, yes, great. So he was an evangelist in Africa who saw millions and millions of people saved and healed and delivered. He's gone home now to be with the Lord. But here's a, here's a cool testimony. Um, he had a run-in with some witch doctors while he was ministering in Africa. He had constructed a revival tent to be a mobile auditorium that was as big as three football fields. So just try and imagine the scale, right? Uh, it could seat 34,000 people and it had taken four years to construct this monstrosity and it cost over $3 million, okay? So you got the picture, massive tent. And... They start pitching this tent and the witch doctors come and they placed a curse on him and his tent and they, they just declared to him, go home, white man, you're not welcome here. We are more powerful than your Jesus. You are not welcome here. We will triumph. Watch. Ours is the power. Watch. Oh, that's what they said. And then during the night, a freak windstorm came, rushed through, completely tore this tent apart. All that was left were the, how many poles were there? There were 12 seven-storey tall poles holding this thing up. They were left, but all of the, the fiberglass fabric, whatever that is, that, that costs so much money, was all torn to shreds. And so it was just like hanging and bits had flown off all around the, the city where they were. Um, and the witch doctors gloated. They're like, we've won. Go home. Reinhardt, man of faith, he declared, we will go on. And his team was like, how are we going to go on? It's going to be too cold without the tent. People are going to freeze. And he's like, we'll pray. We're, we're going to pray and we're going to seek the Lord. So they did. And then the, the word of the Lord came while they were seeking God. And God said, my glory... My glory shall be a canopy 
No tent would be necessary. My glory shall be a canopy, and the praises of my people shall be the pillars. Wow, isn't that cool? Should we say that again? My glory shall be a canopy, and the praises of my people shall be the pillars. So the local churches entered into praise and intercession in order to bring about that prophecy. And a week before the crusade, a severe winter storm hit and they, they were like, oh my gosh. But they continued to, to pray and praise, right? And then the day that it started, the weather cleared, the rain stopped. And they had over 50,000 people gathering to engage. In the last service, they had 70,000 people. They had 29,000 people register decisions for Jesus. There were thousands and thousands of miracles, not in a healing line, but people healed in their seats as the word was being preached. It all, it all went down, deliverance, healing. That's what happens when the glory of God is there. Praise the Lord. It, if they hadn't had the tent, it wouldn't have been big enough. <laughs> the tent could only seat, what, 36,000 people? 70,000 people were there on the last, time, last night. Isn't that cool? My glory shall be a canopy and the praises of my people shall be the pillars. The third reason we praise. Praise is the antidote for heaviness. Praise is the antidote for heaviness. Isaiah 61 Verse 1, this is a prophecy about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Praise is the antidote to heaviness. And usually when you are experiencing heaviness, a weightiness of a circumstance or um, even depression, anxiety, those sorts of things, when you're experiencing those, the last thing you feel like doing is praising the Lord. But can I encourage you, that is how you're going to get that thing off. 
praise him. Force yourself if you have to. If you can't, if you can't muster it out, man, get with someone who can. Get with someone who can. Turn up your, your Jesus music nice and loud until you can join in. Right? Heaviness is not your portion. Depression is not your portion. Anxiety is not your portion. Jesus is the answer. He is. And sometimes we need to praise our way out of these things. Praise the Lord. Number four, praise makes a way for the miraculous. Acts 16, 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. That word um, hymn, when you look it up in the Greek, it means praise. They were praising the Lord. So they're sitting, they're sitting in jail, in prison. It's not a cushy little jail that we have these days. They've been flogged, so they would be so sore. And they're on a, probably on a like stone ground, their, their hands are shackled, they would be so uncomfortable. Now, when this stuff is going down, you've got a choice. You either wallow in self-pity or you praise the Lord. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever that tough thing is for you, you've got a choice. You can wallow in self-pity or you can praise the Lord. You choose that, right? So they chose to praise. They chose to pray and praise the Lord. Suddenly, everyone say suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. You know what? They weren't praising in order to get an earthquake. They weren't like, if I, it, it wasn't like they were following a formula. If I just praise the Lord now, then he's going to bust me out of here. They were praising him because he's worthy. Because you alone, Lord, have the words of life. What else? What else am I going to do? Can either sit here feeling sorry for myself or I can praise the Lord. And I can start to lift myself up into those heavenly places where I'm seated with Christ. Right? Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were keeper of the prison, awake from sleep, and seeing the prison door opened, opened, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Oh, isn't it amazing? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Oh, so now he's caring for them. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when they had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Praise makes way for miracles. We don't praise him to get a miracle, but my golly gosh, he is a miracle working God. And when we enthrone him on our praises, he can freely move in our lives. He starts to manifest himself to us. So praise. That's my encouragement to you, praise. Sing loudly over that thing that's bugging you. Praise. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you that you've given us ways that we can sow in the spirit and know you in a greater way. Thank you, Lord, that praise can be the pillar for the canopy of your glory. And Lord, we want to be people that sit under that canopy of glory. We want to be people that enthrone you on our praises. We want to be people that shift atmospheres through our praise, through just declaring who you are. So help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, help us, help us. <laughs> we need your help. Help us to know. Help us to hear your voice when you're saying sing. Sing, sing. Help us to get up and do it. Hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.